0: We've entitled this series, Dress for Battle. And as Christians, God's Word calls us to be dressed for battle. To be ready whenever the enemy strikes. The enemy doesn't attack us every moment of every day, but there are specific times, a lot of times when we're weak, when we're distracted, when we're bored, that the enemy will come and he will attack us. And it's in those times when the enemy comes that we must be suited up in the armor and the weaponry of God to be able to withstand His attacks and when we've done all to stand, continue to stand in the power of His might. Amen? I'm thankful that God has not called us into these battles and not equipped us. But He has equipped us. But we as Paul tells us, must be suited up in the full armor of God. I want us to go through this passage beginning with verse 10 one more time. Chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. As we come to the close of this series, you may wonder where we're headed today. And I want to talk to you today about the missing Lance. Because there's something very interesting about this passage. Any commentator... That comments on this passage will tell you that in Roman history there were seven pieces to the armor and weaponry, not six. yet Paul seems to stop at six, and that 's confusing for us because we we, we, we want to know well. Why did Paul say put on the whole armor of God and then leave a piece out? Well, if you look at this passage, it's not mentioned specifically, but I believe there's a good possibility Paul was thinking about the Roman lance when he goes into verse 18. And that's what I want to look at today. What what does verse 18 say? Verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, many people are puzzled by that, and I mentioned that a moment ago, because the lance was a strategic part of the Roman soldier's weaponry. He needed his lance. And if you study the ancient Roman lance, you will discover that it changed over the years. That there were different lengths and different sizes. And some of them were very, very long. Some of them were short. And so they varied in many ways. They varied in their design on the head of the lance. And so as we look at this, I've come to the conclusion that it's very possible that Paul had prayer in mind or the lance in mind when he came to this passage on prayer. And that makes sense to me because he was telling us to put on the whole armor of God. So I think the Lord's telling us there in this passage that our prayer is like a lance. A Roman lance. In that there were various size, various kinds, but they were all deadly to the enemy. They all impacted the enemy. They all stopped the enemy in his tracks. And church, our prayers are powerful according to the Word of God. Our prayers make a difference. God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. And church... As as Christians living today, we're never going to experience the victory that God wants us to experience. We're never going to experience the spiritual maturity that God has called us to unless we're people of prayer. One of the things our congregation is known for is prayer. Because very few churches today have Sunday night services. And our Sunday night, we do have a service, but it's focused on prayer and praise and worship. Prayer is key, and I believe as we draw, draw closer and closer to the return of the Lord, His people must be people of prayer. Amen? Now, the lance was used by the Roman army, and it varied greatly. And as I said a, a moment ago, there were different sizes, different kinds, different types. The word that's used here is pilum. Pilum was the word that was used. And the length of the, the, the Roman lance was about six feet long. And it was made of solid iron. And there were two different kinds. They had mainly that a Roman soldier carried. He carried a short lance that was, that was handy it, w- it wasn't real, real long. George, come here. It was maneuverable. And it was for when, when the enemy came up close to you. And all of a sudden you're in battle and your enemy's right there. So you take the lance and you give him a good poke. Right? Devil, you're not going to have your way in my life or my family. Amen? So the, now the other the other lance was longer and it was it was heavy it was iron and it would be used from a distance when the, when the enemy when you saw the enemy at a great distance and it was before that attack came and so they would begin to hurl the lance and the lance would fly through the air and it would come down just raining lances upon the enemy and so both of those are pictures of our prayer. Sometimes we get caught off guard and all of a sudden we turn and there's the enemy just coming down at us. He's attacking us with all of his, all of his force. And, and what do we do? We have to quickly just get away, <laughs> right? Then there's other times when we recognize the enemy from a distance and so we begin to hurl our lances of prayer and they just rain down on the enemy before he gets there and his plans are fulfilled in our lives. Amen? How many like that idea? Now the, the Roman historian I quoted last week, Vegetius, was his name in the 4th century. He wrote this. About the Roman lance. He said it was about five and a half feet long with a three pointed head that was between nine and 12 inches long. Later it was modified to as short as uh, three feet, three and a half feet long with a five inch length head. So as we look at this today, I really believe that prayer is similar to a Roman lance. And I don't want to go into battle without my lance. (laughs) Amen? Now, another thing I want us to see in this passage is Paul could have very well been thinking about the lance. I think he was. Because listen to the phrase that he uses. With all prayer and supplication. With all prayer and supplication. In the Greek, it's better translated with all kinds of prayer. There are various kinds of prayer, church. Aren't you thankful for that? And just as there were different type of lances, there's different type of prayer. You know, some of us are, are very eloquent in our prayers. We know exactly what we want to say, and it just kind of flows out. And, and I I've, I enjoy hearing people pray that that just have that gift. But you know what? There's others of us that aren't very eloquent, and we just kind of, you know, Spit out our prayers as we can. And guess what? Those prayers are just as powerful. Amen? Are you thankful for that? There's all different kinds of prayers. There's all different kinds of people. And it doesn't matter if you're gifted in communication and you're eloquent in your speech, or if you stumble and you stutter and you struggle, you still have the lance of prayer and supplication that will halt the enemy in his tracks. Now in verse 18, it also tells us how often we are to pray it says praying always and in the the Greek it embraces these ideas at each and every occasion pray at every opportunity pray every time you get a chance pray at each and every possible moment pray all that is contained in the original language that idea so prayer, church, is not optional for a Christian. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are called to communicate in fellowship with Him. Amen? You are called to take that lance of prayer in your hand and use it to stand against the enemy. So today I want us to look at six kinds of prayer in the New Testament. There's six different words that I want to look at today. Some Bible scholars will tell you that there's other words that are used for prayer, but they're including worship and praise. Words for those, and they're including that in prayer. I want to just look at six words today that the New Testament tells us this is is prayer. And it gives us an understanding. The first one is the prayer of consecration. It's used 127 times in the New Testament. It's prosuē. Prosue is the word in the Greek. And the idea is coming up front or an intimate contact. It's coming close. And and it has to do with, with also with a person's life being totally yielded. So I want you to take hold of these two things. The most common prayer is a prayer of consecration. It's a prayer of surrender, consecration, and thanksgiving. All three of those things are contained in this first Greek word. And so when we come to the Lord in prayer, we're coming and and we realize that we're wanting to be intimate. We're wanting to be close to the Lord. So we come to Him through prayer and we have that intimacy. Intimacy. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, what you're going through. The moment you cry out to the Lord, He's right there with you. He hears your prayer. He answers your prayer. Sometimes it's not always the way we want it to be answered. Right? But He answers it. Sometimes He says it's not time yet. Sometimes He says I have something better planned for you. Sometimes He says you don't understand the situation and what I'm doing, but just keep trusting in me. So it's a time of uh, consecration as well. Not just intimacy, not just coming close to the Lord, but it's a time where we yield our lives to Him. Where we realize, God created me, He has a plan for my life, and the best way to fulfill that plan is to surrender everything I am to Him. Amen? Amen? Saying, Lord, I want your will for my life. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen? And where we get into trouble is when we try to hold things back. Say, Lord, I'll give you 99%, but there's 1% that I kind of want to control. Right? That's where we get off track. But when we come and surrender and say, Lord... I recognize that You created me. You created this wonderful world. You have a plan for my life. And Lord, through Your sacrifice on the cross, through what You did for me, I now have the privilege to have fellowship with You. And Lord, I'm going to surrender all that I am to You. My life is Yours. Years ago, I did that, and I never dreamed that I would leave Fort Worth, Texas and end up in Alaska. But I was serious, and I said, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do. And he called me into ministry. And the first thought was, Lord, I can't do that. You don't, you don't understand, Lord. That's something I can't do. And, but I surrendered. I said, Lord, you're going to have to do it in me because I certainly can't do it. But all through my life, it's wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Lord. And I'll tell you, church, I've been blessed. I wouldn't have it any other way because it's His plan, His guidance, His direction for my life. It also has to do with the idea of thanksgiving. Now, there's another word in the Greek for a prayer of thanksgiving, but this first word here, prosue, has to do with consecration where we're... Surrendering everything because of what God's done for us. Amen. That's the idea. We're thankful. I'm not the same anymore. Hallelujah. My sins are forgiven, and I have a relationship with God. He has forgiven me, He's cleansed me. The Bible says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of what God has done for me, He gave His only begotten Son who died on the cross for my sins, that I might have that relationship. And on the third day, He rose again, and He's ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father. Because of that, Lord, I just thank You. Every moment of every day, I have a thankful heart. The second word is a prayer of petition. Di- diasis is the, is the Greek word, diasis. This was used in the New Testament about 40 times. And it's taken from a Greek word used to describe a need or a want. It's a picture of a person that has a need or a desire in his personal life. And it almost always portrays a cry for help. Has anybody ever needed help? <laughs> Jesus is there. Amen. And this type of prayer is saying, Lord, help! I've been there. There's situations. I didn't know what to do. All I could do is say, help me, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. And that's this type of prayer. It's, It's saying, Lord, I have a need and I can't meet it. Lord, I have a desire, I want to see these things take place, and I can't bring it to pass. So Lord, I call upon you, I cry out for help. And it recognizes our utter dependence upon God. How many realize that everything you have is because of Him? Everything you are is because of Him. It's His blessing, His guidance, His direction. This morning, I received a message that a dear friend from Wrangell, who was several years younger than I am passed away of pancreatic cancer. Church, we don't know how long our life's going to be in this world. We don't know when we're going to take our next breath. We don't know when our last beat of our heart's going to take place. God is in control. And when when He's ready to receive us, I'm thankful that this man was a a friend of mine. He loved the Lord. I know that he's with Jesus and he's out of all that pain. But it reminds me of my own mortality that in this life, I don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. But I know that I am in the palm of God's hand. That all my tomorrows, every day that God has planned for me, I'm going to see it and I'm going to fulfill it because He's in control. And that's the idea. Recognizing our dependency upon God. Whether it's a spiritual need, a mental need, an emotional need, or a physical need, God is the answer. It's an earnest, sincere, heartfelt petition. In James, we have an example of that. Chapter 5, verse 17. It says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And it's translated here, he prayed earnestly. God, I can't do this, but you can. The third third word that I want us to look at today now, this one may set you back. I like this one, and we need to understand this form of prayer it's praying with authority. A-I-T-O is the word in Greek. A-I-T-O. And it means to ask with authority or almost to demand. And it describes someone who prays authoritatively. Almost demanding something from the Lord. And you say, well, that doesn't sound right, Pastor. Well, we, we need to understand this type of prayer. And to do that, we need to under, look at John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if you abide in Me, Jesus is speaking here, if you abide in Me and My words abide in you, you will ask, there's the word, A-I-T-O, what you desire and it shall be done for you. The idea here is that we are abiding. Abiding in Christ. The word in the Greek for abide is And what it means, it means to stay, to dwell, to lodge, to remain, to continue, to remain in constant union, or to take up permanent residency. That's what it means. So the idea of this verse where we can pray with authority, almost demanding that something take place, is this. If you permanently and habitually remain continually in me, and if my words permanently and habitually remain continually in you, you will be able to strongly ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's the idea of that. In in Hebrews chapter 4, it has that idea in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's coming boldly to God's throne. And it's like a child comes to God's throne where, you know, I've got one of my grandchildren, my grandsons, and, and one of my granddaughters at home and 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 i love having them around and you know what if 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 one of them starts running towards me it doesn't matter what i'm doing i stop everything everything's put on hold and i get ready to take a big embrace amen Why? Because they have favor in my eyes. I love them. I care about them. And that's the the picture that God loves us. He cares about us. And we can just run into His presence. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And God's saying, come on! Amen? and we're abiding in Him, and His Word is abiding in us so we can pray in authority. In church, we need to be praying with authority. There's times I believe that God is looking at us saying, I want you to grow up as my children. I want you to mature. I want you to learn to pray with authority that I've given you as my sons and daughters. AITO is also found in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. The Scripture says, now this is the confidence that we have in Him. Notice our confidence is in Jesus. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. So this type of prayer and authority has to do with the fact that we know that we're living in God. We we have that relationship. He loves us. He cares about us. And He wants us to rise up and realize we can come boldly to that throne. That He's waiting there with arms wide open ready to receive us. And because, church, this last verse tells us the truth. Because, we are abiding in Him and His Word is abiding in us, guess what? We're not going to pray outside of God's will. So we're going to pray God's will and He's going to answer that. Amen? The next one is the, the prayer of thanksgiving. This is the fourth type of prayer. It's found 15 times in the New Testament. Euharista is the, is the verb. eucharista, And it speaks of wonderful feelings or good sentiments that freely flow from our hearts in response to something that has been done. So Paul writes and uses this word in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul is using this word because the church in, in Ephesus was going forward. They were a church of faith. They were strong. They were living for the Lord. They were healthy. They were a great church family. And he was reminded of them. And he says, I don't cease to thank God for you. Amen. How many want to be in that prayer? <laughs> I want you to know I pray that prayer all the time for you. I am so thankful. For, for our congregation, those that volunteer, those that help, those that give, those that just come faithfully and, and love Jesus and they love one another. And so church, just like Paul, I pray the prayer of thanksgiving for every one of you. Oh, you're not really excited about that, are you? I got these looks like, okay, pastor, so what? No, I love you. God loves you. And I thank God. We're not a dead church. Amen. We're a passionate church. We love Jesus. We want to see God move. We want to see a revival. We want to see our city transform. We want to see our state transform. We're not just coming to twiddle our thumbs in church. We're coming because we're on fire. We love Jesus. We love His Word. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul uses this word again. Chapter 5, verse 18, he says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, in every situation we find ourselves, now, church, this doesn't mean that God wants you to say, Oh, Lord, I just thank you, Jesus, my car broke down this week. I thank you, Lord, my dog just passed away. I thank you, Lord. No, but in the midst of those things, in the midst of life, in the midst of struggles, we can still say, thank you, Lord. I know that even though my car broke down and I don't have the finances in the bank, Lord, you're going to provide for me because I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Amen? Lord, even though my precious uh, puppy went to be with you, Lord, I hope, (laughs) and that's a whole theological. Theological study, but I had a pastor walk up to me one time and he said, I can't imagine heaven without my great dame. Why did I get off on that, George? It's in the middle of those heartbreak situations, in the middle of the difficult things that we face in this life, that we can still lift our hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank You. I thank You that Your presence is with me. Your Spirit comforts me. Lord, that whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm going through, You are still God on the throne, and I've read the end of the book, and we win! So we pray with thanksgiving. The fifth prayer that I want us to see is the prayer of supplication. In tusuxis is the Greek word. It's mentioned only five times in the New Testament. It carries the idea of one who comes to God in simple, childlike faith to freely enjoy the fellowship and the presence of the Lord. It literally means to fall into or to happen upon. It's not where we're having to strive. It's where that God loves us and He's just waiting for us. And we just come with childlike faith saying, God loves me. He wants to see me. He wants to embrace me. That's the idea of this prayer. How many of you have ever prayed and you've gone into prayer and it wasn't asking God for anything? And it wasn't necessarily thanking God for anything. You just started praying because you wanted to fellowship with your daddy. You just wanted to be in his presence and to feel his presence. And when I talk like that, some people say, well, God's presence is everywhere. Yes, he is, he is omnipresent. But there are also times that God manifests his presence where His presence becomes so tangible to us in some way that we know that He's right there ministering to us. And that's what I'm talking about. Church, just loving Jesus and wanting to be in His presence and just coming. You'll see sometimes on Sunday nights where in in our time of prayer and worship, people will come and they'll just kneel at the altar and they're just enjoying God's presence or they'll, they'll be off to the side just sitting down on the floor or even laying down on the floor. And you say, Pastor, that seems kind of weird. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's this kind of prayer. They just want to come into their daddy's presence. Not striving, just enjoying that peace, that love of God. Enjoying His presence in their life. It speaks of an intimate prayer, a special time of prayer, where God showers us with His love and fills us with the knowledge of His acceptance. It carries the idea of a love relationship where you know that what's been promised by God to you and you don't settle for anything less. Finally, the prayer of intercession. The sixth word here, it's only used one time in the Greek. It's a long word, it's not easy to pronounce. Hooper tongue cano is the word. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The verse says, "Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses." For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice who's doing the work of intercession here. Paul says that the work that's being done of intercessory prayer is being done by the Spirit. It's not being done by us. And the word literally means here to fall in on behalf of someone else and to rescue them. The idea of this word is powerful. George, I need you again. Okay, jump in the well, fall down. Okay. And holler help. help. Pastor Milt, help. Pastor Milt, help. I can't hear you. Help. Okay, that's better. <laughs> the idea, stay there. The idea the idea of this word is that we're crying for help. We're in a situation where we can't get ourselves out of it. There's no hope. We're deep down in a well. There's no way out. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside us as if he's lowering himself down into the well. And He's helping us up and rescuing us and getting us out of the situation. How many like that idea? (laughs) That's the idea contained in this passage. Church, there are times that we will find ourselves in situations where we're just overwhelmed. It's something so traumatic, so powerful that's taken place. It can be uh, something in our own lives or in a friend or family member, but whatever the situation, it is so overwhelming. We The words just don't come to our mind. Our mind is in shock and we, we don't know how to pray in this situation. But we're wanting help and we open our hearts to the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes into that situation. He lowers Himself down into that well where we're at and He takes us alongside and He begins to pray and intercede and He comes to our rescue. Amen. I love that. There are times that, that I didn't know how to pray. There are times when I was up against a situation for somebody else and they said, Pastor, pray. And I didn't know how to pray. And I said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to take over. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to lead. You're going to have to guide in this situation. Lord, I need a miracle. Holy Spirit, will you begin to pray? That's the precious idea in this passage. In the moment we open our hearts to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, and we cry out, He's there, He helps, and He is our rescue. So, church, I want you to take your lance. It may be a short lance that you carry. Roman soldiers many times carried both. They carried the short one and the long one because they didn't know what the battle was going to entail. And there are times that we need to, just on the spur of the moment, have that short lance and just be ready to, to stab the enemy because he's right there, he's bearing down on us. Then there's other times we know that he's, he's at a distance, but we sense that He's coming at us with something. So we begin to launch those lances of prayer. And they just rain down upon the enemy so that the plans He has to come against you, to come against your family, or to come against uh, our city or state or nation, that we stop those in the name of Jesus. That's why on the 26th we're going to begin a time of prayer with other churches all over the United States and even outside of the United States. We're going to pray for the 40 days before our elections. We're going to pray that there won't be any riots no matter who wins. We're going to pray for the unity of our nation to be brought back together. The racial uh, unity and unity... In other ways, that we would know the blessings of God. That our nation would turn back to God. That our, our nation would experience the blessings of knowing Jesus. We're going to launch our, our lances of prayer for 40 days before this election. And, and on the 26th, I'm not sure, that we ha- don't know the times yet. Dr. Don didn't share, but we'll let you know the time if you want to come and you want to watch some of it with us. We'll, we'll have the church open on that day. But then we're going to have the church open every weekday for your lunch hour. If you want to come sometime during your lunch hour, we'll have the doors open. You can come in here and pray. How many believe that's going to make a difference? God tells us to pray for our leadership. And that's what we're going to do. And no matter who wins, it's God It's God who's on the throne. And we know that He's with us. I want you to stand with me. I want to read verse 13 as the worship team comes. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore God never intends for us to be knocked down and trampled on by the enemy did you hear that church God never intends for your life to beat you up and to knock you down and to trample you he intends for us to stand in the midst of the attacks in the midst of the storms in the midst of the difficulties of life we continue to stand Amen. And when we've done all to stand, we continue to stand in the power of His might. That's God's plan for us. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. Our prayer team wants to pray with you today if you have any need. Our prayer team wants to launch some of those wonderful lances of prayer. There'll be some in the front here and there'll be some at the back. So if you're closer to the back and you want to just step out of the aisle and pray with them, they're back in the back to pray with you. Church, we're going to continue to be a church of prayer. Jesus said, let my house be a house of prayer. Amen? It's a house of prayer. I know many churches have gotten away from having any kind of prayer time at the end of their services. And I I just can't do that. Because I don't know what you're facing today. And I don't want to stand before God one day and the Lord tell me that I dismissed the congregation And there was somebody there that needed prayer. So that's why we have a prayer team. And that's why we take a few minutes at the end of the service to just open it up for anyone who'd like prayer. You can pray with with them concerning your own financial needs or physical needs or spiritual needs. Or you can come and join with them in intercession and pray for a friend or a family member. And if you're here today and you've You've never opened your heart to to the Lord. I want to invite you to do that today. I remember as a young boy when I was six years old, and I was in the back seat of my dad's car. My parents were going through a divorce, and my dad wasn't home, and and I, I was being taken back to my mom. And I knew I wouldn't see my dad for probably two weeks. And as a little boy of six years old, my heart was broken. And I turned around in that car and I said, Jesus, I need you. I need you because this hurts so bad. And right there, Jesus came into my life. and my life was never the same. In the difficult times, in the struggles, in the trials, no matter how great they were, I always knew that He was with me. That He'd never leave me and never forsake me. That He cared about whatever I was facing in life. He cared about my struggles and my heartaches. So church, that's why we pray. I don't want anybody to leave this place today unless they know that they're right with God. I want you to experience His love and His grace and His mercy just like like I've experienced it in my life. So as Mitch leads us in a chorus, will you find a prayer partner and will you come? If you have any need today, we're just going to spend a few moments in prayer.